You are listening to episode 93 of the Irish Photography Podcast. Today's topics are our trip to Donegal and coronavirus. I don't know who you are, but welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Sit back, relax, and listen about cameras, gear, settings, stories, and all things photography. Join Dermot and Darren on Ireland's Best Photography Podcast. Let's go. And you're very welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. I'm joined, as always, Darren J. Spoonley, the whole way down in Cork. Here he is. Here I am. How are you keeping, buddy? Good man, good. You say the whole way down in Cork. It's only a hop, skip and a jump, really, from Limerick compared to where we went to last week when you think about journey distances. Oh, darn, I was shot after it. Wow. Fair play to you. We did a lot of driving. We did a lot of, you know, great driving, but still, you did a lot of driving. And do you know what? When you see and listen to people when they're talking about planning trips to Ireland and they'll say, I want to go here, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to go there, all on my first day. You're like, okay, right, yeah, right. right. <laughs> so you have 70 hours in your day because it takes a yeah. really long time to go to places that are literally speaking a short distance, but they're not. Yeah. yeah. And before we actually continue on about topic, <coughs> excuse me, about that topic is, I just want to say last week's podcast, uh, I want to apologize. The audio quality is was not absolutely brilliant in any way, shape, or form. It's just a lot of people are asking for the podcast, and it was okay, it was fine. But there's a few mistakes made on my own behalf. So first and foremost, sorry to all our listeners who uh, didn't exactly get the usual good quality audio. So that's my thing out of the way. That's my disclaimer. So anyway, we're rushing we'll, anyway. Like do you know what I mean? It was a busy week. Yeah, it was crazy. It was. We are human at the end of the day, you know what I mean? So at least you got it done. At least you got it out. I mean, I didn't even make it there. I was so annoyed that I couldn't get up to it. Yeah, yeah. Very true. Ah, look, come here. Let bygones be bygones, Darren. Yes, this is true. This is true. So, yeah, um, we had a, an interesting trip last week, didn't we? Yeah, so like like you alluded to there, the driving, it, it can be strenuous, Darren, like, and it can, it can rob part of your soul if you in, don't entertain yourself and have enough stops. Now, in fairness, now we drove, and we had good crack in the van. We, you know, we banter and we slagged each other. We, we slagged people. <laughs> you know, we just, you know, but it just passes time. You know, There's no malice in it in any way, shape, or form. It was just to pass the time. And then we stopped. We were heading to, where did we go first? Was it down Patrick Head, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah, that, was, that was a beautiful spot. Course. That was really good, but you know what? I mean, we'll go through the different areas that we travelled to because we had big plans. You planned everything, remember that? You planned I did. a lot, everything. I did, I planned the whole trip, Darren. The whole trip, I mean, right. I mean, like, and you say, you say, and I mean you, and I mean every other listener to the podcast thinks I can't plan. Well, in your face, I planned this from start to finish. I'm awesome. Wait till you see the episodes of the vlogs and then you realise how good the planning was. <laughs> 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 but yeah, you know what? We arrived at the first place we went to. Our trip to Donegal, and I know saw people were slagging you already when you were going, our trip oh, to Donegal, and you're going to Mayo. But we stopped yeah. off in Mayo along the way because you couldn't be going up that direction, I suppose, and not go over and have a look. And you know what? Whilst I think Don Patrick Head was really, really impressive and was stunning, there's two things about it. One, we had more fun when we first arrived with those waves because, my God, those waves were just on real and the light that we had lighting them up and the movement and the way the wind was blowing and the blow, it was blowing the water back off the top of the waves going back out to sea as they were coming in oh man it was unbelievable i really oh. wished once again that i had a 150 to 600 yeah i i i darn i was wet <laughs> i was in every possible way in in a naughty way and just in a happy way it was just it was just oh. I, you had to be there to witness this awesomeness, genuinely. And like you, you, you said there, you wish you had a one fifty six hundred. It did. Everything seemed to come alive when you have that reach, and you see all these shapes and the patterns and the texture in the water. Mm -hmm. And when that wave crashes up, that white part of the wave crashed against the black part of the water. Well, it's not black; it's kind of green, but it's dark. So 
it just it does this amazing contrast and it's just oh man i was in heaven and like i've been following these these wave photographers for some time now and i talk about them all the time like warren keelan and collins and they're they're over in australia and one of them actually came to ireland in the last few months unfortunately he couldn't meet up with us but it was just those guys are good at what to do goddamn good at what to do but when i shot those shots i felt like i was slightly in their league not as good as them but i was, I was getting there you know and i just really enjoyed shooting with that light then coming in from the side it just i think that's what set them apart from just your normal wave photography i think so i mean the light was outrageously good i mean it was incredible you know people that have seen your vlog will uh have seen the light i think suppose by the time this goes live as well people have seen my episode too from there but the light was just incredible when we first arrived and we're heading up to don patrick head and both of us know that we're saying okay yeah, man, the light is here look we're taking the shots you've grabbed your camera and your bazooka i grabbed my 70 to 200 which was just like a pipsqueak compared to yours <laughs> and i just started to put it on high speed continuous and bang we had golden light coming in from the left hand side beautiful waves breaking unbelievable color and texture in the water and then we were saying okay we got to go up to don patrick hey that's what we came here for yeah and to leave that light behind now okay you know i think we got the best of it we didn't really but um let, let it let it go let's just say but when we got up to Don Patrick Head then, I was full of energy from that light. I was really excited to get up there. And I'd seen so yeah. many different things about Don Patrick Head over the years, you know. And I'd said, okay, yeah, I, I know the shots are going to be pretty much the same, but I want to try and get something different, like I normally would do. Um, but when I got up to the top of it, I don't know about you, but I went, wow, man, this is impressive. You see it on the pictures, but there it is in front of you. And then when you look at it on the back of the camera, you go, hmm. Yeah, it's it is tasty, but you know what? Because we were in such a high from the first part of it, I almost felt slightly left down. But it was, don't get I, I'm painting this in the wrong picture. It was still unbelievable. I mean, the height of it, the girth of the the, the width of the the island itself is just it's phenomenal, and the tech and it ah it, it it is really beautiful to see. But after coming from that light up to this to just pure flat dull light. It did nothing for the scene. And that's why I would love to go back and primarily shoot that sea stack in proper light. I think it'd be a totally different scenario. I would agree with you fully in it because we were spoiled with the light as the first arrived. And as you say, it was flat. It was going into blue hours. So it's, you know, gray skies. You get very, very blue images, let's just say, in regards to the scene that you're looking at. But when you think about having some nice light there, some nice... That side light that we had, if that was lighting up that stack when we just arrived, don't think it was because we could see where the rays were coming do, mm. uh, going down too. Yeah. But with nice side light in it, I think it would be beautiful. And that brings me to the second point was I'd seen so many pictures of it over the years and there was one picture that I'd saw and it was Pavel had taken the picture where you can get down underneath and there's a cave that goes in underneath and you can get a photograph of the stack, but you got the water looking out. Now, you can only get down there at low tide. When we were there, it was high tide. So I didn't even bother mentioning it because no one knew we'd be going, what? There's a way down there? There's a cave? What do you mean? I want to go. Let's go. So I didn't even mention it to you because we were at high tide, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's a shot, I think, that I'd like to be able to get from there another time, I suppose, if we would ever go back there again. But my God, it was a fair old drive to get up there, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Like I said, I lost part of my soul. You know, driving up there because it can be tiring, especially you know, if you're doing a lot of driving and you just have to keep yourself entertained, listen to music, podcast, have a bit of banter who you're with, take breaks like we stop for food here, there and everywhere, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it was fine. I didn't mind. I didn't mind. Well, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so did I. I really, I really enjoyed being chauffeured around, like, you know, but when you say but you lost a part of your soul, I did also <laughs> on the top of the headland there because... Uh, that's right. I, with all my excitement, and you know, what I've heard a thousand times before, or maybe people have happened the same thing, and I've always gone, ah, it never happened to me. But guess what? It happened to me that the foundation kit from my Lee filter didn't go on properly and just popped off right over down into the sea. Never to be seen again. Uh, and the part that annoyed me most was I took it out and I put on my, what I thought was my little stopper, but it was actually my big stopper, and I set it up for one photograph. And I took that one photograph and I was like, this is very long. Okay, it's a big stopper. All right, fair enough. We'll go with the big stopper. 
After that, I took out the big stopper, put in the little stopper, and that's bang when it went off. So I rarely use the big stopper. I more, mainly use the little stopper. So yeah. I was well annoyed. But I wasn't more annoyed with the little stopper. I was more annoyed then that the filter holder was gone. So now I was just starting yeah. the trip after a space of 10 minutes in. Well, maybe half an hour in because we got that glorious light in the first part. But yeah, so I lost more than a bit of my uh, my heart there, like, or my soul. Yeah. Ooh, sorry, I just yawned. Your story is important. I'm just really tired. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, but no, I, I, felt, I felt bad for you, Darren. It's just because it is a kick in the nuts and something like that happens. And you, you haven't had the best of luck in the last month or two. Like, so um, look, things be looking up for you from now on, buddy. I'm sure of it. Ah, do you know what, but I don't ever get excited about gear, do you know? I do. I know you do, that's <laughs> the difference, like, you know what I mean? I don't suffer from gas, I don't have it in my DNA, let's just say, that I feel so emotionally attached to something. And you're Dana. <laughs> but you know what, it was interesting because I had to kind of change my approach then for the rest of the trip. Because when we left there, and mind you, we didn't both realise how far away, um, you know, you got Dougal moment like near and far away, but Jesus, don't pass. That was your... Feck up now, go out of it, don't paint me in this light. Well, we decided to change our plans because we were going to go up to uh, Fanid, but Fanid wasn't anywhere near where we were going to be staying. So no. We said, no, we won't do that. So we changed our mind and went up to Crahi Sea Arch. And because we were in the van then as well, you know, we were able to drive up, park up and be ready again to shoot for the mm. uh, for the dawn. And the interesting nice thing sleep, there. Though. What's that? I had a nice sleep that night though. So did I actually, mm. even though mm. it was windy and raining for the night. And I remember waking up, my alarm never went off, but it was grand because I didn't miss anything because it was just pea soup grey. But mm. when we woke up, it was perfect because, again, you know, you've no travelling to go to. You could, with everything packed from the night before, well, I did. You didn't because you still had to pack a bag the following morning as well. I thought I did, no? No, you had to put all the different things you have to strap onto the side of that bag. Slider, right. tripod, another tripod. Tell me some more about... Crahi Arts, all right. Did you like it? Uh, yes and no. The light, again, was pretty pants. The location would have been good if we were there at low tide because you'd be able to get down and get some interesting movement in the water and the rocks in front of you. But from the, the viewpoint that most people would shoot when you first arrived there, okay, it's been shot to death. You're looking at a cliff, you're looking down. You've got one composition, maybe 10 feet either side of you, let's just say. But to get yeah. down to the water's edge, to be able to frame a shot with like a 1635 and put the... I really liked the shape of the arch. I thought it was really good. But to put that in the top third of the image and then with rocks underneath with water moving through those, I think that's where you get a nice shot. But also, we couldn't get to where we wanted to have the best composition from a down low point view because the yeah, water okay. was so high. Because... Again, you could see through this arch, but all you could see going out the other side of the arch was another rock that was blocking it behind. So it just looked like one big rock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think, yes, it would be a very, very nice spot in nice light. I think it would also be a nice place for Astro, but I think you get light coming in from the back end of it. Okay. Because I it disappointed me, if I'm being honest. Uh, drone footage came out quite well. I enjoyed that part of it, but from a photographic point of view I didn't do very well I struggled to get a good composition from the drone and from land and I think I got one nice shot because we had one moment of fleeting light and it just literally just just pinged off the, the cliff head uh, that, that sea stack mm -hmm. stack I missed that and it just it was just there for 30 seconds and it was more or less gone yeah you know? yeah yeah, yeah um, no, I missed that and I was going mad I missed it because exactly that there was no real light there light would change the scene dramatically and i think again the composition point of view okay you can get away with that if it's got nice light but we'd quite flat light so i basically started to play around and do an experiment actually which was trying to utilize my filters without any filter holder and i was managing to get uh, a one and a half second exposure or two second exposure just by placing the uh, nd filter in front of the lens you know not ideal yeah. of course you get light leak and stuff like that. But it's it was a great uh, idea, though. Definitely something I said, you know what, I'll try it. I mean, I've seen it because John Hooten does it. He doesn't have a filter holder. He has his filters. And I said, okay, I'll try it. It seemed to turn out okay, but I wasn't going to chance doing it with the big stopper since my little stopper had gone into the Olympic no, challenges no. from the night before. So I uh, said I'd use the 0.9. 
It was I don't great. think you it was would. Good. I don't think you would have worked out with the big stopper anyway. No, so it I was think too long. You did. You did very, very well because I've seen some of your photographs from there. You did very, very much better than I. Uh, especially you used your brain a lot more than I did in that scene. I don't know. I think I was just a bit tired, maybe. So I think you smashed it in that location, composition-wise. But if you had the light, then I think you would have been. You would have had a home run, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sure. Look, it's a, a game changer. Like I mean, that day was forecast to be rain anyway I mean sure we went off after that had our lovely breakfast and then came back and Bernard and the had arrived I know I wasn't going to say it was that bad like do you know what I mean but she was, was lovely the, like the staff was lovely she was really really nice really bubbly person but the food Jesus the rashes were felt like they were cooked for about three days yeah I know you know, they, you know. I didn't have any rashers that's why yeah yeah well you'd be gasping for the day after rashers but anyway yeah I so went back to Bernard and then after that we said it's raining, and it was raining. It was raining heavy. Mm. So where could yeah. we go? It was going to be low tide, and we said, all right, we'll go off and go explore and find something which is now to be called the not-so-secret waterfall. The known waterfall. The known <laughs> waterfall. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> It's so known that there's English people coming over looking for the waterfall in Converse shoes. Converse and shoes and brown and camel suede. boots. Camel boots. I couldn't think of it. I just called them suede shoes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That was funny, you know. I thought the girls were very brave. Uh, I don't think they did their homework about the waterfall. You know, um, you you did uh, this part of the trip uh, plan wise. You know, you oh, oh, sorry. I thought you planned, planned everything. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you this. I'll give you this one, Darren. All right. Okay. Go so on. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Darren did his homework about the waterfall, so he figured out that you have to be there for a certain amount of time, and you only have what maybe two hour window while you're in there. But believe it or not, it must have been a spring tide of some sort because the tide never went fully out. So we had to literally crawl and climb across these kind of waves that were coming in, and some of them were quite, uh, quite aggressive. But some of them are fine. So we got through. We got through to the waterfall, all right? And I fell in love with the scene. I This is one of my favorite places from the whole trip. And even though I didn't really get an amazing photograph, I got ideas for conversations on the way over there. This, the, the patterns and the rocks, the leading lines were just blowing me away. So if you got some simply amazing, beautiful scene and you lined up your conversation that you have in your head from a previous visit, then I think you are sorted. But when you get into the waterfall, it just it's it's nice to see. It's beautiful. It is an awesome location. But Darren, we were just soaked. We were <laughs> literally like every camera that I, every camera, I sound like a millionaire. All my cameras were soaked. <laughs> and that's any better. <laughs> uh, my Osmo Pocket was soaked. The now they all still worked. Like I don't I think all my gears weather sealed barred Osmo Pocket. And everything just I just couldn't even take a proper picture because every time I dry it, my, my lens wipe was wet. So I was literally pissing in the wind. So I was trying to dry a camera with a wet cloth. And you can see the haze then on your on your pictures when you're trying to edit them. Even though they look fine on the back of the camera and you're like, oh, cheers, yeah, that's grand. But you can you still know in deep down inside that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of post-processing work to save this. But For I think sure. it did. I did, and uh, truth be known, I, I did post-process the shite out of my show photograph from the Secret Waterfall. I had to put it into Lightroom, heavily edit it there, use a lot of clone tools, and then put it over to Luminar 4, replace the sky, because the sky was just blown out to fake, and even the, the bracketed shots that I did take just weren't working. So I had to replace the sky, and then I had to do another few bits and bobs, and look, I got a decent shot out of it, but it's... It's not realistic. What did you throw a Milky Way in there or something? Oh Jesus, no! I didn't go that. I didn't go that mad. <laughs> I should have for the crack. You know, he should have, yeah. But you know, it's interesting. There are two things that you said. So the first for me is I also found the journey to the place we were going to the destination of the waterfall to be better than the destination because yes. when we were going over there as you said the leading lines in the rocks were incredible i mean the amount of driftwood there i mean we sent a video to Sean O'Reardon you know <laughs> hey yeah man here's mecca for you because it was just unbelievable amount of yeah. driftwood that was there right to start with then you got these lines and you it reminded me of the burn in regards to the shapes as well and they're going right into the sea yeah. Um, John Myler would have a fucking wet one. John Myler would have loved that, yeah. And then after that, there was another area too where you could see the damage that was been done by, I think it must have been sea urchins or 
limpets or something like that, but all the pocket holes mm. that you see in the rock and the erosion. And the, also the number eight. Yeah, that was class. That know? was really class. And if you... I'll probably put it out in a vlog soon enough. I don't know when it's going to go live, but yeah, there is this... I have it on video, so watch that. I'll, I'll keep you posted. Yeah, so, you know, I think I really think there, yes, the journey over there. I did take a couple of photographs because... You're right, the water was exceptionally high and I did do a lot of planning in regards to when you can go there safely. But even at that, when we got in there, you were soaked, I was soaked. The, the rain was just pelting us down. But I was more than soaked because we were even when we arrived there, my bad luck continued. So I just <laughs> said walking down by grass and decided I didn't want to really walk on my feet. I said I wanted to walk on my ass. So I went basically and slipped and on this mud and it was horrible because I couldn't find my, my rain jacket. So you borrowed your bright yellow lime green um, uh, yeah. jacket to me. But it was a waist high jacket. So when I went down, I went down into the mud. And of course, all up my back got all the mud, all down <laughs> the back of my pants got the mud. And that was just the start of it. So by the time we got over there, I was freezing at that point because the <laughs> amount of rain that had come on us. All our gear was soaked. But I had the foresight to have the GoPro. And the GoPro, in fairness to it, it worked perfectly fine from the waterproof point of view. Yeah. And, you know, even on the way over there, too, um, it was interesting because you could just grab it, put it down, not worry about it because I had it on that uh, Joby uh, Gorilla. Yes. Bus. But, you know, I really enjoyed the journey getting there. I haven't gotten to look at my images there yet, but I do think that I got a couple of nice shots and maybe there's one with you in it as well. Ah, oh, brilliant. Looking forward to seeing that now. Yeah, well, it looked nice in the back of the camera. But again, me, like you, it could be completely destroyed. It could be covered in sea spray. It could be covered in mist yeah. and water. Because, I mean, that place, it is beautiful. And I do think that there is a shot to be gotten there. But I'd like to have a look at it on the, uh, the apps to see if you could ever get the sunlight to set. That it would come straight in and light up the waterfall behind. That would be a shot. You'd have to get it coincide as well with low tide so that you can go yes. out there at that point yeah. in time, so you're not going to be stranded. And obviously, when you're going back, you're going to be going back in the dark. Yeah, you know that's I mean? going to be tough one. So that's it. You, have, you, you, you have to have the stars aligning for you for that to work, I'd say. I don't just plan it, you know. I mean, it might happen in 2047. You never know, like. But something along those lines. Anyway, I think it could be something to do. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. It is not a bad idea. But really, really impressive place, you know, and I think after that, then we had to finish off the day, um, which we went up to Schlieve League, the mighty oh, Schlieve League. Gross. What happened to you there then? Sul you, you had oh. a bit of bad luck there, didn't you? Yeah, I started sulking. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's us. we'll rewind to the waterfall and uh, like I, we just finished up there and we're heading away and I said to you, Jesus, Slider's fucking brilliant. Nothing ever happens that, and it gets used a lot. It's been to this country, it's been to that country, uses all the time. It's always in my bag, blah, blah, blah. And then we was off to Schlieve League, and I was like my usual jolly go happy and having mighty crack, and you know. And then we went off shooting, and I was just, I, now in fairness, I set up the most gorgeous, I mean, my best, this would have been my best time lapse ever mm. composition wise it was just the way i had it worked out it was just going to be freaking unbelievable and then it took one picture and then slid up to the top part and i was like what the hell is going around the slider and then it got to the top part and the center going i was like jesus christ and i don't know what happened it just decided i'd say a cable fell off or something on the interior part of it and it just i couldn't get it working and I'm sitting right behind me here in the office and it is not working. But it's okay-ish because I went on the website, Rhino, Rhino Slider website, and they have a lifetime warranty. So Perfect. Okay. Fingers crossed. So you better get that back. Yeah. So when we were up to Sleeve League, I saw where you went and it did look as if it was going to be awesome. Um, mm. And even there on that place, I mean, they are impressive. But I'm, what, was, what I was more impressed with was that we decided to open the gate and drive up to the top instead of leaving the car where we thought, or the van where we Imagine thought we that. had to leave it down in the car park. Oh, yeah. We wouldn't have, do you know what? Uh, we, two of us would have just sulked for the rest of the evening because by the time we would have gotten up there, all the light would have been gone. Yes. It would have been dark by the time we got up there. Yes. And it, 
that was that would have been no easy hike either. No, it wouldn't have. And then coming back down as well in the freezing cold with that wind. Oh, it was it was it was grim, man. <laughs> but you know what there was nice light there for it but uh, it wasn't great light I mean we didn't get any side light lighting up the cliffs no um, we did get a bit of light right on the, the clouds above the cliffs but it was a, a very very impressive place I think I might have gotten one or two nice shots but I think it's kind of been shot to death as such because it's now kind of the poster boy for the Wild Atlantic mm. Way so you see the, even the amount of people and I was surprised that I commented on it because that was that that was last Saturday evening, so what date was it? Uh, before Paddy's Day. Um, mm. And I remember even commenting on it, like how busy it was up there. But I was just really conscious of social distancing even back then. And I was yes. like, okay, you know, my God, like it's, there's a lot of people to sit around. There was some tourists. We saw those two English girls that were there. And then there was a lot of tourists as well visiting Schlieve League. Um, so, you know, it kind of was a bit surreal when we were there, just based on the whole changes that everybody's gone through in the last week which we'll lead to shortly anyway but yeah it was uh, really impressive but yeah I don't know if I got great yeah. shots light was alright light was pants light was freezing yeah I was just I was just sulking you were you were, you were. but I think I think I think I might have got some nice shots there but I can see why you'd sulk yeah because your favourite toy didn't work and it would yeah. have been one of the greatest ones as you say like you know yeah yeah, but mind, mind you it would, like, we're coming to the end of the trip now nearly because at that point you were sulking so much and I was like okay do you know what what we do will we head back mm. and we decided to so we drove all the way up to Donegal yeah. on a Friday and on a Saturday evening we decided to head back but we yeah. didn't come back on Saturday evening we'll go one one last place and I'd, even is. at that I didn't even get out of the van for there yeah that's because you already had your poster boy shot from there apparently I already have my shot from there. The one I wanted to get there was I got. The first one was there three years ago, but I couldn't do it anyway this time again because I had no filter holder. It was a long exposure, four minutes. And there was yeah. a, one of these um, birds, I don't know what type they are, I can't remember, the name escapes me, on the rock below, but he stayed still for the entire four minutes. Pretty mm. much. He moved slightly, but pretty much, yeah. So I had my shot. But uh, you got out, like, and my God, those conditions were grim. They were grim now, and like I got my, I've got my favorite shot from there now. Even though I had a shot from there before, it was nice, but I think I better at that. Mm. Uh, the light was wasn't good at the start, but then all of a sudden it this big storm came. Yes, we got battered. <laughs> oh my god, Bur Bur Bernard! <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, I forgot about that. So I wish I only had my camera on. So. I was screaming out of enjoyment because the light just erupted, you know, behind the lighthouse in the composition that I was. I was like, yes, yes, yes. And the burner picked up his tripod. Do you ever see a child running in excitement, <laughs> right? In a kind of waddle. Yeah. So that's the way he was running. <laughs> Next minute, he fucked. Oh, sorry, Paul. He slipped and he literally bounced off the ground into a puddle you could see the water splashing up as if it was a John Woo film like in, in Mission Impossible or something in slow motion it was absolutely brilliant and I put a took a picture of him because he'd muck covered he was covered in muck uh, from head to toe and I put it up on Instagram it was just ah it was brilliant but the light we got was it was great it, it was really really nice and it's definitely my favourite shot that I've ever taken from Fanit and no I've only been there twice but still it was nice to get that really kind of favourite shot, you know. I don't think mm. I'll be going back to Fanon for a long time now. I won't anyway, no. I mean, look, yeah, it's a lovely spot. And I think just the conditions that were there, I was like, you know what, I'm nice and warm. Or so I thought, sitting in the van, but it was actually freezing sitting in the van because the wind <laughs> was blowing right in against it and the van was constantly being moving. So when you came back then, it was like, okay, where we go, we head back down the road. And we just had one, mm. one final stop off on the way, which I think was... Probably one of my favourite spots of the, the weekend. Yeah, so I brought you to Mullamore. So you've never been to Mullamore before, so no. I knew a few spots. So I brought you over to the behind the Pier Hotel first. It's just up a small bit up the hill. And normally you'd get a few surfers in around there trying to surf, and you can get some decent waves, but they just weren't playing ball for us. So we kind of packed up and we went up to uh, up at Cassie Blanc Castle. And in there you can take a quick right and you can come in line with the headland and you can see some of the waves. And there, again, we were hearts were content by trying to photograph the waves. I had a great time trying to do that. But 
not as successful as the very first day. Yeah, and again, once again, I wish that I had the uh, the 150 to 600. For I told you to take it, man. Actually, no, you were using it. And I was like, okay, do you know what? No, stick with that. Because even what I was trying to do there with the 70 to 200 was not just look at the waves because the waves themselves, okay, I couldn't really find a place where you could get a photograph looking into the tube of the wave, let's just say. Um, yeah. So I decided to use the waves as they were breaking, but hopefully, to, I again haven't looked at them yet, but to use as the leading line directly up to that house because it was quite impressive. Mm. And then there was a small bit of light that came for a very, very fleeting period of time. And again, I think I was able to get a shot of that too. So I really I liked that, that a lot. I thought the area was quite impressive. And again, as always, but with nice light, that could be mm. outrageously good. Yeah. Now, I did find a composition of Cassie Blonde that I'd never seen before, that my eyes just spotted while I was going for that walk. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I need to come back here and do that. But I need the right light. And myself and my wife, we, we've been up there uh, once before and we stayed there for a whole weekend and I think we might try try do the same again soon and I might sneak off and try if I can get that composition mm. you mm. know so mm. I'd say it, it, it's a nice trip away especially if you're doing it with a loved one or whatever John you can get away for an hour or two great early in the morning when they're asleep so yeah I might chance that sometime soon um, yeah great. so you know look that was our trip it was very very good we had to cut it short and uh, we headed back down the road on the Sunday so yeah we'll um be seeing everybody will mm. see bits of the stories anyway, I suppose, from both our videos that we did. But it was really good, really enjoyed it. We had a great few laughs, to be fair. I mean, look, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. The, the, the light may not have been good, but as always, you know, it's good to have it's the experience and have the laugh, let's just say. And again, even see places that you potentially could go back to again. Although I did say that I'd probably never go back to Don Patrick, but I probably would because I'd go back for those waves that we saw and I'd definitely try and mm. go back to that. Um, cave underneath that you can get the composition of from underneath. Yeah, and it, it, talking about that cave underneath, Mike Ort, my buddy, he uh, he's actually dove down Patrick Head. Wow! So there's a subaqua club. I think it's Grania Subaqua Club. I might be saying it wrong. Up there in Mayo, and I'm gonna see if I can go up and maybe do a dive with them and dive underneath it. It'd be pretty awesome, you know. Yeah, there's pretty Total big caves underneath there, man. You can yeah, even so see it in your drone footage. Yeah, that's right. You can see the water going in underneath and it coming back out from the cave, so fitting the cave. So obviously, you know, if we were in the cave at that point in time, you wouldn't be able to get number one, get there. But you most definitely wouldn't have been able to stay inside there. So I'm glad I didn't say it to you uh, when yeah. we were there, you know. But you know what? Look, when I go up scuba diving, I keep an eye out for your filter holder, okay? <laughs> Imagine if you found it. <laughs> oh, my God. The best thing ever. Genuinely, it would be. Wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Def I, I'm definitely going to look for it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm on the I'm on the lookout now for a new filter system. I think. I mean, I have another filter holder, um. So okay. I am okay with that. But I'm still on the lookout. I think for another filter system. Okay, food for thought. But yeah. look, food for thought. We, we we came we came back for a very certain reason, and uh, like the two of us were. Nah, I'm not worried, but we were cautious about a certain thing. You know. And well, we're going to talk about that in our next topic. So we're just going to have a quick break, guys, and we'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Do you want to take your photography up a level? Do you want to hit that shutter from 100 feet away? Or perhaps you'd like to take your images remotely? With a built-in motion, light and sound sensor, you can capture unique shots and incredible time lapses. The Capture Pro from Hanel has got all that covered and more. Visit Hanel.ie. And you're very welcome back to the Irish Photography Podcast. And we're on to topic two today. And I say this with big, massive regret. And the country and the whole world seems to have been put into a washing machine and basically f***ed about. It's just gone absolutely crazy. It's gone gaga. It's gone lala. I just feel so weird, Darren, about everything that's going on lately. How about you? Yeah, for sure, man. It's a whole different world we're living in right now. I mean, uh, you know, we were away, as we said there, and then we cut our ship, our trip short because of the current crisis that everybody's living in now, which is COVID-19 and the coronavirus. And we were going to talk about it specifically a couple of weeks back and what the impact it's going to have from the 
photography business, let's just say, or photography point of view or industry. But I think it reaches further than that even right now because everybody has been affected by this already. And the changes that have happened and the way of life that we're living right now is not going to be something that's going to go away very shortly. We're in this for a while. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of changes from a lot of different things. A lot of people have stopped working. A lot of people, if they're lucky, they can work from home. Um, a lot of people are worried every single day in their day-to-day lives uh, in regards mm. to what's out there. There's a lot of uncertainty. You know, to be fair, you know, our government have handled it quite well, I think, compared to other governments um, in regards to the length of time that they've taken to take action. But I think that's the, in one way, they've got a benefit because we're late to the table in the bigger scheme of things. So they're able to get the information from the other countries and replicate that out. So if people want to see what's going to happen here in Ireland, just look at what's happening in the other countries and what they had to do to stamp out this because we're on a very, very short cusp of measures right now but there's potentially to be more measures if the first phase that we're in right now which is they call the delay phase doesn't work and that people don't adhere to social distancing and it was constantly in my mind when i was there with you but okay i know you and you know me and we were in the van that's fine but we weren't anywhere near anybody else and even in the saturday night when we went to Letterkenny, there was nobody in the bar the bar was about to Mm. be closed there was people exercising social distancing but if you remember like that lady she sneezed (laughs) she sneezed three times and I looked at her and I looked at the barman and the barman was blessing himself (laughs) I mean like so we're living in a different world right now where people are thinking of things differently but it was that same night as well that we saw the videos coming through of the bars full in Temple Bar and again like it was said guys you know, keep your distance, please, because this is going to yeah. spread very, very quickly. And you can see, you can see how fast it's going to spread. And yeah. it's going to be somewhere across the entire country, which it already is. I think Monaghan is the only county that doesn't have it so far. That's right. Yeah. You know? But like, even that, even that barman, right, he blessed himself. But then he turned around and said, we, we're just creating chit chat. And we said, oh, what time are you finishing? John, blah, blah, blah. And oh, yeah. he's like, oh, man. I'm heading off into town, just mighty cracked down this place. And they're going to think, is he for real? Is he genuinely for real? Like, you know, but I don't know, young, I don't know. Yeah, but look at the same point, you know, people need to be careful across the board because look, they close the schools, they close the schools for a reason. But you can look at uh, across in England and up, up in Northern Ireland, they didn't close the schools. They waited a long period of time for it. And I think that's going to be uh, a problem. I mean, they the earliest action. If you look back to what happened in China, they were spraying down streets. I haven't seen anybody spraying down streets here yet. They were blocking down borders and locking out roads so nobody could leave. We haven't seen that here yet. Yeah. So if the delay phase doesn't work and people don't follow the guidelines that are being given, then it will be uh, moving to those draconian measures. You know what I mean? So that's why I think like the government have been quite clear and they've taken what advice they've seen from the other countries. But on that Saturday evening, I mean, I remember seeing it on the Sunday, Simon Harris put up a tweet or something like that going, guys, come on, cop on. Like. And then Monday morning, bars closed because you, you have to take the measures. Like this is unprecedented times, man. Like two weeks ago, we were all going about our lives going, okay, grand job, no bother. And now, and a lot can change in two weeks, Dermot. I'll give you oh, a, a, a simple example. It's I scary, at, Darren. I looked at the Italy numbers two weeks ago, for around about two weeks ago, and there was 3,000 people that had corona and there was 100 deaths. And in two weeks later, there was 35,000 people had the coronavirus. Wow. That's, that's insane. And didn't I mean? 600 people die yesterday? Sit in one day. 700 and something today, I believe. That's insane. It's so, insane. You know, look, I think a lot of people, when they first heard about coronavirus, it was like, ah, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, it's just a flu. It's just a cold. I mean, people just need to be careful. It is a flu. It is a cold, but it's quite a severe one. And it's one that people can catch very, very quickly. And if, if people have underlying problems, then they're at risk. If somebody is old, then they're at risk. But the thing is that people can be an incubator for it without even knowing it. And then going off and meeting with other people innocently 
and passing it on and it can incubate up to two weeks so you could have you could have it and not know yeah and be unwittingly potentially spreading it to somebody no okay you it can only be spread through somebody sneezing or coughing and stuff like that or it can be on surfaces and if you remember yeah. even before we went away i was always never touch a surface with my hand I've all, i'm always yeah. that way i mean because it's something that just always wrecked my head about going to the toilet in public places you know you wash your hands okay and then you have to grab a handle on the way out like it just used to always wreck my head so i'm always conscious about that so people mm. can spread stuff unwittingly because it can stay on the surfaces for up to two hours i believe no i thought it was two days but jesus yeah two hours it's still that's that that's a long amount maybe of time it is two days actually maybe it is yeah i'm not quite sure but mm. even still at that point it's a long period of time that it can stay there you know yeah uh it has me worried now darren i have to say now i'm fucking freaked out of my head but look it is a long haul and we are all in it together so i just urge all our listeners look please do stay at home don't go unless you really have to if you're going somewhere make sure it's somewhere quiet you know if you're going out for a walk with the family just just try a bit of social distancing. I know it's probably going to be hard and it's against the, the grain. It's against the normal kind of everyday thing that you've been doing for the last 25 years of your life. But still, you know, just try to do what you can do. But like if you think about the the industry as a whole for photography, right? You have Canon, Nikon and Sony and Blackmagic, Fujifilm. You have every single manufacturer in the world is going to be affected by this like we have the Canon R5, R6, uh, Jesus, R million a hundred and two. I don't know what I, I don't know how many cameras and lenses are coming out. They're only interested in the Canon ones anyway. Let's tell the truth. Yeah. Like the rest are just fodder. <laughs> yeah. On anyway. Yeah, but like even there's a patent put out there for a new Canon fourteen mil to twenty eight. Do you know? It's just all this is going to be dramatically, dramatically uh, put to delay. Like you will not see an R five for another two years. If I if I'm doing, I say I'm saying it right now. You won't see it for two years. You genuinely, you're possibly right, but I think potentially they may have already been further along in production than you think. Um, so they could still push it out, but push it out not when they want to push it out. But from the production point of view, all the parts that they're needed need to be shipped, and that's going to be a problem because if the people that manufacture the parts can't work, then there's downtime in regards to that. And from a whole industry conveyor belt system let's just say from a nut from a bolt from a bar from a casing to a ribbon or whatever it may be they all come from different places and you're missing one of those you can't produce but on top of all that your own production has to be shut down so they've shut down their own production as well for the risk of spreading uh within yeah the, the, the teams do you know so you're going to have a delay absolutely from production point of view, you're going to have also a delay if you notice it right now. I mean, you and I were supposed to be going to England for the photography show, but that was, okay, we weren't going because we couldn't line up times of ferries, but it was cancelled. It was cancelled because, again, of the coronavirus. Now they can't launch these goods, and there has to be a, fa a fanfare in regards to it. And, you know, speaking of not being able to launch goods, like if you think of the film industry, because nobody can go to a cinema, so they can't launch a movie. So all the movies have been pushed back so all the budgets that have been spent there to build a movie up can't be released right now. And it has to be pushed back indefinitely because we don't know how long this pandemic is going to last. And they, there's uncertainty there. And then they say, OK, are we still going to make movies? Well, can you make movies now because of the amount of people that you're going to have on set? No. Do you know what I mean? Like the whole world is literally put on pause. Pretty much. The only thing that's kind of working away is something that doesn't involve any social interaction um so internet businesses or internet uh, support or something like that but speaking of internet i mean the amount of people that are not working or working from home have almost broken the internet so it's been a change from the kardashians but it's almost broken the internet because uh, the volume of data being used it's clogging mm. everything up so even you working from home you can't necessarily work from home efficiently because 35 people down the road are, are watching Netflix or Amazon or the latest one, which is Pornhub, apparently, has gone through the roof in regards to the amount. So there was a meme going around as to why people actually bought the toilet roll. Maybe not. You're joking. <laughs> You're joking, right? No. Really? Yeah. 
Oh my god! Sure, I, uh, I think Netflix <laughs> Man, is broadcasting yeah. now at 720p, um, so that they can reduce down the bandwidth that's being used because the amount of people that are streaming stuff online. And now, wow. speaking of cinemas, uh, like Disney now will start doing the world premiere of um, movies streaming on your TV at home because people can't go to the cinema. So again, this is a different way of doing things right now and how we're doing things two weeks ago are going to change. Now, okay, there is the going to the cinema experience, but if you're releasing a mainstream movie directly to home and you can watch it at home, are you going to want to have to go to the cinema? I don't know. It just depends. You know what I mean? Things will change. Mm -hmm. We will get completely different um, ways of doing things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I just... I don't know. I feel weird about everything that's going on, man. I really do. Well, it, here's another one it's for like, you. Like, it, I mean, look, from a photography point of view, clubs can't meet. Group outings won't happen. Unless everybody is known to be without the coronavirus or everybody's had the coronavirus and recovered. But even still at that, it's still a risk, I believe. I'm not quite sure because there's not that many people... I don't think long enough recovered from the corona. I still don't know if you can get it a second time, let's just say. But group, okay. group meetups and stuff like that, you know, there's going to be a challenge from that point of view. So you're going to have to change again how you would do things. Like if somebody is learning, like schools and colleges are closed down. So if you're in the middle of doing a course right now to become like you were in LCFE, yeah, that's put on mm -hmm. pause. So your everything is put on pause from a photography point of view even going out on your own now um, can be frowned upon because if you're going off out and you're touching things without you knowing that you've got the coronavirus, if it can last on a surface, I think it's two days actually, you're probably right, the chances of somebody else touching that. But I mean, look, at the same point, I mean, okay, it shouldn't be that you can't go out there because you have enough space, you're in the open. It's just that those areas are so popular. And like I saw today uh, a picture from the from Wicklow where there's cars parked either side of the road. It can barely get through the road, you know, to people that are out and about going for a walk. And you know what? Like, the, the government, again, they released it and said, like, just because you're cooping yourself up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it doesn't mean that this thing goes away on Saturday and Sunday. But people go out on yeah. Saturday and Sunday and all this practicing that they're doing during the week, it's just as if the, the, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind and the subconscious mind just, they don't even think about it. They're off out there, they're walking around, they're within reason, they're in, in, in reach, they're touching things. And that's a potential problem. So, you know, you still go out, wear gloves, just take precautions. Well, I was like, I have a second job there and like I deliver sandwiches, right? And I, I do that two days or three days a week, depending. And I made a stop to the hospital today. So that's one of the places that we deliver to. Yes. And I was, I was wearing gloves going in and she goes it's pointless wearing them I was like what she goes it's pointless wearing the gloves she goes I says why is that and she goes because you won't wash your hands if you have the gloves on yeah I goes I do wash your hands and she goes oh I says I'm sure you you might she goes but the majority of the public if you have gloves on you have it in your head that you can't infect things or you can't catch it so therefore you will not wash your hands yes. or you won't sanitize them you leave them on for two hours and you won't do anything so I was there going Jesus I says, you have a genuine point there now, genuinely, yeah. But also, the, the fact of the matter is that your hands might be clean, but the surface that you're touching, and you're touching your face. So your people are saying, oh, have a, a mask. But a mask apparently doesn't stop you getting it. It stops you transmitting it. And if you're wearing a mask, you have a tendency to adjust it on your face more. And the amount of times that we touch our face is absolutely incredible without us even realizing it. And even when, and I laugh, yeah. I shouldn't laugh, when I, I see the uh, people that were announcing the public health advice to say, you know, wash your hands regularly and don't touch your face. They immediately touched their face and then they licked their finger to turn the page. I saw that. Do you know? But yeah. they, it's it's part of who we are. It's, it's, it's our own human tics, you know? I mean, we just do things without realizing it. And that's where I think we have to be clever because we have to retrain the things that we normally would take for granted, we have to retrain ourselves to do them differently for now. So it's going to be a different, different norm, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I wanted to talk about businesses, like, you know, how this is going to affect a lot of businesses. Like you've Williams, Williams cameras in Limerick, they're closed. Yes. You look at Con's cameras, they are closed. Now they're lucky that they can still run an online shop to a certain degree, 
but you can't go in and visit the shop. Like so they're going to take a hit from a professional standpoint, and it's it's very very sad to see. There's a number of businesses, Dermot, that will be taking a hit from a financial point of view, particularly in retail. Like everything that you think of, you say, "Oh, how's that going to be affected?" Everybody is going to be affected, even from these guys now who have to lay off staff members. Mm. And even again, again, okay, the government. I mean, the government right now, like I said, they've been copying things from the other countries, but they haven't copied on one important one, which is if the country is on shutdown and you're forced to have to close your business, then what's happening in other countries is that the government pays 75% of your wages and the employer pays 25% of your wages. Now, the idea behind that is that people can still live a bit of a normal life as opposed to being 205 euro uh, a week. I mean, 205 euro a week is 900 or 880 or something like that a month. I mean, most people's rent is going to be more expensive than that. My rent is 1,500 euros a month. So there you go. So when you get that through, then all of a sudden the communications start happening. So the uh, government has spoken to the banks and the banks have said, okay, we're putting a moratorium on mortgages for three months. But that should automatically filter down to the person who's renting. Because if the person who owns it is not paying a mortgage because of alleviating the pressure because there is no money coming in, then it should filter down. So again, you know, if you pause one cog in a wheel, you can't expect mm. the rest of them to continue at full pelt. And It'd be interesting the, to see if it does happen, though. Well, look, it needs to happen because ultimately, you know, again, look at what the government are doing. Even with the 75% of your of your wages, the employer to try and contribute 25, that can also be a problem because the employer may not have the cash flow to be able to pay the 25% of the wage because the cash flow is the business. And how long is this potentially going to go on for? I mean, you know, they close the schools until March 27th or March 29th. Okay, before the government even announces that, I will tell you those schools will be closed even after that because Mm -hmm. of what we're seeing in the other countries. Like, we're not different to any other lungs that are around the world. So if you want to know what's going to happen here, look at the news from the other countries because, like, this is effectively the only right way to deal with it. Now, you know, everybody has to pitch in this is everybody coming together let's just say to come out stronger on the other side but I think we can and I think we can if we think positively I know it's hard for a lot of people to think positively right now when the carpet's been pulled from under your feet your wage your livelihood your business your family business that you've been in the family for a long period of time everything is stopped everything is paused there's like I said you know to you a couple of days ago like forget what you know today because tomorrow you're going to learn a whole new set of things and that's the reality of where we are like this you couldn't think of the impact that this would have on photography in Ireland right now it's a big impact it's turned it's turned the whole thing upside down Darren now I mean from everything we do like even my own business now is is shot I have no bookings Everything is cancelled, everything is postponed, and then there's uh, people reaching out to me saying, oh, can we postpone and this is it? And now they're all clashing. So whether even if I do manage to postpone some of them, some of them are clashing now, so I'm going to lose out on that booking then eventually. So my business is slipping down a feckin' swan, uh, down a swanny, like, you know, and I can see it disappearing before my own eyes. And it has me worried, you know. I mean, look, everybody, the only thing I'd say to you is everybody is in the same boat, more or less. Um, because everything has been pulled. Like, there's no weddings happening, even from the groups of 100 or under. Yeah. There's no bars open, so you're going to have a wedding in a, in a, a venue that's not going to have a bar unless you do it yourself. And I imagine that's still going to be the case from small weddings. But even at that, 50 people in a room is not exercising social distancing. So you kind of go, do you know what? I think I'll stay away from the wedding here right now. So yeah. everything everything is on pause. And, like, when you think of... The, the wedding business okay is the portrait business on pause is that still working uh, I, I'd never made much money from it and I didn't have much interest in it so it was okay. just weddings that I mostly made my money from but even on like product there's uncertainty there in regards to launching of products so yeah. a photographer would be engaged to come in and take a photograph of products so that you could utilize it for a catalogue or for a brochure or for a web campaign yeah I'm actually doing a thing for a company at the moment. So they said they'd send things out for me on Monday. It's Friday. I still haven't gotten them. So I wonder if they even 
Send them out. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, they might get the yeah. pictures done now, Dermot, but who knows when the campaign is going to go live. Everything yeah. is on pause right now. It's it's like yeah. it's like a movie. I mean, a lot of people, I think, would kind of go, are we really, is this, are we really experiencing this? Is this happening right now? But you've got some good news that comes out of it, don't you? Because if, I do. you, if we are all in self-quarantine or as much as possible and self-isolation as much as possible, but even without even having any signs of anything, but just to ease the, the, the potential... Um, ease the pain. What's that? Ease the pain. Yeah. <laughs> ease the pain, but, you know, yeah. flatten the curve is what they're calling it. Like, But yeah. you have a lot of time that's at home, so a lot of people will go, okay, I can't go and take pictures, but now, you know what, I'm going to go back over and look at old pictures and stuff like that. So editing can be something that's quite interesting. I think you've got some good news on that, have you? Yeah, so, like... Uh, like on Petapixel, we read an article there earlier and it's saying that if your photographer is stuck at home due to the coronavirus pandemic, Professional Photographers of America has got your back, also known as the PPA. The Trade Association has made all of its 1,100 online photography classes free for the next two weeks. So that's absolutely amazing. So like if, if you do have extra time, well, let me tell you, you do, do you know, Try brush up on some skills. Try learn something new. Uh, you also have um, Gavin Harcastle. You have Nick Page. They're giving fifty percent off their tutorials online. So that's a saving to be had. Like, you know, there's others. Michael Shamebloom. Uh, is Greg doing some bit of a, yes. a discount as well? I don't. I don't know. Um, so like, this is a time to jump on those things, and they will keep your uh, a busy mind as a happy mind. You know. Exactly. And I think on that point as well, you know, for people that are working from home, they may never have done that before. The important thing here is to keep a bit of a regime and keep being regimental in your time, you know, as if you're going to work. Don't when people wake up in the morning, they go, oh, sure, I'm working from home. I'm going to stay in my pajamas. Don't get dressed, you know, have breakfast like you normally would get up the time that you normally would take breaks like you normally would take your lunch break like you normally would and just continue to have a routine, but also go do more exercise because the more exercise we have, the better it is for us from a mental health point of view as well, but also from a physical point of view, because it can be very easy if somebody's working from home to fall into the trap and go, oh yeah, sure, I'm on the couch now with my laptop and sure, I've got whatever on the TV there watching YouTube or Netflix and somebody rings me, I pause it and I take the call. You know, keep uh, regimental, I suppose, really, and keep yourselves on the straight and narrow because it's, more beneficial as well to have that routine because everybody I think works better on a routine and the self-discipline of that is something that you know most people have it but they don't know that they have it because they'll take the easy route in the first step you know yeah from my own perspective what I've been doing to keep me busy is uh, from our trip to Donegal I was sleeping in the van I was going how could I make this better saying to myself and then we came home, loads of time to do things. So I said, do you know what? I only kitted out this van a year ago, but I'm not utilizing it enough. So I decided, right, let's give this van a lick of fresh paint, basically, on the interior. So what I've done is I'm deciding to turn it around, redesign the whole interior. So also one of your devices, you dropped it down the seat or something. Oh, yeah. So we thought, so I literally ripped out the bulkhead out of the van right oh, just for and me i'm going oh. just for you darren but then after that then i came up with this idea obviously and <laughs> i want to turn it more into more of a day camping van so i can go off on trips and maybe spend a night there and what i'm going to do is put a kind of a, a, a slide out bed that you can sleep on and I just want to utilize the van a bit more. So I took up all the panels on the left-hand side of the interior van and I've put up these kind of sound deadening barriers and I've put these uh, spray adhesive on them and put them up against all the panels on the left-hand side of the van. And as of tomorrow, then I'll be filling it all with eco rolls. So it's basically insulation up in your attic. Do you know that kind of stuff? Yes. So that's getting fitted in behind all the panels now as of tomorrow for the left-hand side. And then we'll start working on the right-hand side and we'll go from there. That's cool, man. That's class. I can't wait to see yeah. what you do with that because I think it will be, you know, again, a great project to get your head stuck into. 
to keep yeah. yourself busy and you'll get a sense of accomplishment as well at the very end of it, you know. I mean, look, this thing right now, yeah, it is everybody up in the air, but you know what, there is light at the end of it and we will get through it. But it's important that we just think that we can get through it collectively, stay positive, like I say, stay agile, don't go to sleep, don't be just, oh yeah, whatever, I'm doing nothing. No, keep keep active, an active mind, you know, yeah. active body. Yeah, Absolutely. Look, we're going to leave it at that and we're going to go for one quick last break and we'll be right back with our VSP. Today's episode is sponsored by O3, the professional dry suit and wetsuit company. As a company with an international reputation for quality and customer care that they are told is second to none, they fully understand their obligation to you and the customer. Each suit is manufactured to an established procedure that they have developed and evolved over the years. With their experienced, dedicated team, O3 has grown into a respected dry suit and white suit manufacturer and is an established market leader, putting quality neoprene innovation and service at the very core of everything they do. From the beginning, it was a strong belief that O3 would be about exceptional quality and customer care. Simple really, and still their main aim. To build a solid business, you cannot have one without the other. This approach takes time, but with stubborn conviction and those two core values, they have become inextricably linked and are the bedrock of O3's success. O3, coming from the cold. And we're back with our VSP, our listeners' favorite section of the podcast. It, if you're new to around here in these neck of the woods at the podcast, a VSP is a very solid product. And it's something that's tried and tested from our lovely hosts here at the Irish Photography Podcast. It gets the golden seal of approval. We've used it. We've tried it. We've tested it. We believe in it. What say you, Spoonie? I am really, really excited about tonight's VSP because... For once, it's not a VSP that just you and I have. It's a VSP no. that everybody has. Correct. This is the cheapest VSP that we've ever had on. And we've had some glorious VSPs. I mean, someone came on, a uh, special guest, I think it was Maz, came on with a VSP of a Canon 5D RS. <laughs> was like, <laughs> I can't remember about four grand. Like, yes. We were like, uh, yeah, VSP is kind of like affordable. Kind of in a weird way. Yes. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but that was funny. But like we've had loads of VSPs, DJs, my pockets, Mavic Airs, everything. And some things are great, nice and cheap. Some things are a bit more expensive. But this is officially, officially the cheapest VSP that you can get. True story. Uh, and it is, drum roll please, a five cent coin. And now you're saying, what? A five cent coin. How is that a VSP? Well, let me tell you, a VSP five cent coin is in every one of my camera bags. And why not a 10 cent coin? Why does it have to be five cent? Five cent coin will fit every base plate that you need for your tripods. So it's nothing worse being stuck out in the Schlieve League or the Cliffs of Moher or the Cliffs of Kerry and you want to get your base plate off to change it to your other camera or your gimbal or whatever you want. And because you've locked it on so tight at home and you've no tool that you normally use to get it open with and you can't get it off. And look, we'll all, we'll all, we'll, we've all been there. Well, maybe not you, Darren, but I definitely have been there <laughs> trying to get that base plate off and I couldn't. So five cent coin in the bag and it will fit in your base plate and it will unlock it for you. So. I urge you, and plus, no one will rob a five cent coin. <laughs> so, five cent coin in every camera bag that you have, and one in your car, and then one in your van, and wherever I go. Hands down, that is the best VSP we've ever had. We're almost at 100 episodes <laughs> of the podcast, and that is the <laughs> best VSP of the lot. Isn't it? It's brilliant. It's just so simple, but so effective. And yeah, I have been there and it's nothing worse than you're there going, oh, how am I going to get this thing open? What am I going to do? Do I try and twist it off here? And I still can't do that. Yeah, I've uh, 
been in that situation and I think the five cent coin is a wonderful idea. It's a saviour. It's available. It's, it's available anywhere. Available wherever you go. Available in, in your gem <laughs> jar upstairs or your kids' piggy yeah. bank or you know the paper cup. Do, try down the side of your couch. I'd say you'll find a few of them there. I tell you so much, it's not up in my piggy bank upstairs. Cause I tell you, Taylor has all the coins in this house and if and she has them all counted as well. She's fucking cute one, I tell you. Did you much. find any five cent coins when you tore the van apart? did actually there you go <laughs> so they're available everywhere you know check a pocket that you haven't worn the pants for a long period of time no doubt there'll be a five cent coin inside there but yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. I really like it and I think it's a, a really good uh, VSP as well to finish out the episode on this evening yeah I I think we should do a review video on the five cent coin <laughs> available in one colour <laughs> <laughs> two sides imagine trying to do a review on that <laughs> well actually All right, we guys. Could because you know you get multiple ones from the European countries because we have the harp on the front of our oh yeah yeah that's true, that's true. I wonder are they any different in the other countries uh, we digress yeah listen no, really no. good VSP actually fair play to you I never thought of that as thank you, VSP sir. but it's spot on yeah thank you thank you alright so guys thank you very much for listening if you want to further your experience please log on to the Facebook page and all you have to do is mention a name a host of the Irish Geography Podcast that's Darren I'm Dermot we'll even accept Bernard Garrity or even a special guest that has been previously on and also if you go over to Instagram Darren does a great job of hosting that side of things sharing pictures and integrating with our listeners so thank you very much for listening on to the podcast today guys I've had a blast Darren I hope you did too buddy yeah I really did man it was really good good to catch up and uh, yeah thanks for everybody for listening and from me and Cork everybody stay safe and shalom before Ayo. Hey guys, if you dig what you're hearing, why don't you jump over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating, and don't forget to share with your friends. With all that done, we'll see you next week, and remember, keep shooting.